Welcome to CHN Radio, episode 98. I'm your host, Greg Troxel, and you can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg, and follow this luxurious podcast at CHN underscore radio. We had a very, very frustrating match today, and recording on the day of the match, and to help me talk through this very frustrating match, is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. What's up, people? We are here, we are live, and it's going to be a good podcast, despite Newcastle, um, I don't know how to say this, uh, pooping pooping the old sleeping bag. The BS meter Um, was high in Newcastle United. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. uh, Just all around awful match. After a week of Steve Bruce hyping up training sessions, Newcastle went out and laid an egg. Um, but yep. that's not important. What's important is that you need to be following me on Twitter at Elijah underscore Newsome and our podcast account at CHN underscore radio and our main site account at Coming Home NUFC for all the latest and greatest Newcastle United related news because you people want the news and, and we provide it and funny tweets. Mostly the funny tweets, not really a lot of news, if we're yeah. being honest. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess we'll get into the news and we'll get into this match. Um, But we continued our form of not doing well after the international break. So can't wait till the end of March to the next international break because probably when we'll go on a run again. Um, That's good, though, because that'll be you'll get us out of the relegation zone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'll just hover around there until the next break. Um, Cool. So let's let's get into it. On the new side, uh, the U23s won, so they're, and, and they won today. So there's not all to be upset about because, you know, the U23s, are, it's our future, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and my boy scored, the black Your boy. Kid. Adam Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. He, his first professional appearance in a while. Well, not professional. Yeah. His first appearance in a while. He tweeted about it. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. I, don't, um, I didn't even know that he was injured. I'm not going to lie, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, he... Um, it was, we had a long, I think it was six straight games without a win for the oh. U23s, and they fell behind in this one against Stoke U23s, but thanks to Adam Wilson and being super fast, he was able to score. Um, Elliot Anderson played great today. Tom Allen played great today. Rosaire Longello, Long, Longello, I don't know okay. what his last name is pronounced, but if you remember him, he had a... He had a good uh, day. He scored. Um, so yeah, good day. Good day for the boys. They won four to two. Um, and it's always nice when you don't lose. Yeah, I mean, cool. Uh, the first team can't say that. Yeah, uh, let's go even younger now. Let's head oh. to the fourteen-year-olds. Yeah, we got old Bobby Clark in the news. Yeah, I now didn't even know he was in the academy. <laughs> Yeah, don't come on this podcast expecting us to break down Bobby Clark. Well, um, honestly, people might be expecting that. They, actually, there's probably a select few people that heard about this and, and specifically wanted your take because <laughs> I contend you're the only person on Newcastle Twitter that actually cares about our youth team. Like, I, I follow a lot of people through both accounts, and I've seen literally no one but you tweet about our youth team, so... I don't know. What's your take on Bobby Clark? You know he's Lee Clark's grandson? Son? I'm honestly not sure. Uh, never heard of him. No. Um, until this article came out. But okay. yeah, he's Lee Clark's son. Oh. Um, and a bunch of people are, are targeting him. Uh, let me verify the Lee Clark thing. Um... I don't know. Maybe I'm, I don't think I'm going to be able to verify. No, it. I'll, I'll get fine. it before you do. But I bet. Um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, he's he's the son. I just found it. He's 14 yeah. year old in, in the academy, and a bunch of European clubs are talking to him. I don't know 
like I guess they're playing a bunch of U14s. I mean, no, I can't find anywhere online or like Newcastle certainly doesn't tweet it out when their super youth teams are playing games. Yeah, I'm so sure they're doing all these European tournaments and yeah, shit like that. Like we have that in, in the states. Like I yeah, know there's like you know, well, a lot of MLS clubs are in these tournaments. Oh yeah, um, that's true. because uh, and Lady just won one actually. Yeah, a couple. Philadelphia weeks, Union yeah. usually do well in a bunch of them. Oh, um, shocker! Philadelphia Union have a good youth team. Yeah, what are you going to tell me next? The Red Bull have signed some guy named Alistair Kimar Lawrence Green. <laughs> no, no, I was just that was a dig at uh, at New York Red Bull for having a bunch of generic white guys on their team. Oh yeah, shout out <laughs> Kamar Lawrence who will get traded to Atlanta United. Cool. Yeah. All right. But, yeah, uh, I don't yeah, know so much about uh, him, but good luck to whatever okay. he decides. Yeah, good. Yeah, whatever he decides, I'm sure it's the <laughs> right decision. Yeah. But next up, Steve Harper. He's back. We've got oh, yeah. five Steves on the coaching staff, apparently. I saw. Yeah, I saw this on Twitter, and it seems like Steve Bruce is just building a coaching staff full of Jordies to get people to like him. I. Yeah. I mean, it's I not mean, a bad strategy. I, it, it honestly, it would have worked. If New if Newcastle drew today, people wouldn't. I don't. Uh, they'd be mad, but they wouldn't be as mad. Yeah, they would. There would definitely be some mad people. Yeah, people. That's because Newcastle fans love to stay mad. That's like the trait of Newcastle fan is like alcoholism, being mad, and like hating Mike Ashley. Those yeah. are those three things every Newcastle fan probably has. But yeah, Steve Harper's back. I forgot why he left. I and d- didn't he leave to? I want to say he be, yeah. He was like an international. Was it Ireland? Maybe no. I think it was Northern Ireland. Yeah, it's yep. a very odd, like choosing to leave. But he's back, and um, his impact so far was during uh, the warmups. He told uh, Saint Gucci Max to settle down because he was frustrated with um, the fact that in training and. During the shoot around and warm ups, he was missing the mark, and uh, that didn't work because uh, Alan St. Maxman didn't score today. So he did have a shot, uh, a couple shots on goal though. So. That's that's true. That's better <laughs> than what Miggy can say. So yeah. Ooh. Ooh, yikes. Um, and Real Madrid's Hasselu with a brace. With yeah, a brace, a, he's an absolute beast. Um. Oh, isn't oh their matchups coming up next week? Um, yeah, this weekend. Uh, but the, it's not. It's not that. It's not that one though. Like it's, it's not. That it's a one, big one. It's, it's the primer because he's playing Real Madrid, but it's not at Real Madrid, which is what we all live and hope for. That's the one we're traveling for, actually. Yeah, yeah, dude, that would be sick. Honestly, it it actually would be pretty amazing. Yeah, well, yeah, we might have to talk about that, and I might save up some funds for that. Oh, is, that, nice. is that so? Yeah, I mean, hey, if you're down, I'm down. You know, make yeah. a whole trip of it. Yeah, well, um, cool. That's really great. Yeah, for him. we're really happy. and for us because we might go to Madrid. So hmm. that was double good for us. Yeah. Okay. Awesome you you want to get in some BS meter? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um. It's it's been an interesting week uh, for Newcastle. Um, obviously, during international breaks, it's um, it's always slow uh, in terms of news. But there's always a couple transformers, and the first one that happened uh, occurred last week. Uh, Newcastle was revealed to be linked to Gerard Bowen, who is a winger for Hull City. Um, he's roughly valued at twenty million pounds. Um, Steve Bruce is obsessed with him, and for good reason. Uh, <coughs> Apparently, since the start of last season, this comes from Bet365, so um, it's probably reliable. Um, they're a betting company. You'd hope their stats are reliable. Uh, since the start of last season, Hull City have scored 91 goals, and Gerard Bowen has 33 of them. So it's uh, he'd be a decent signing. He's a winger, uh, you know, would fit right in to Steve Bruce's tactics, I guess, uh, BS meter. Um. Oh, so, wait, just, he's out of contract next summer. So that's an important thing. And Hull City are trying to get an extension done to uh, 
get him to 2022, which obviously makes it difficult for him to leave the club, you know, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. But those are things to keep in mind. Obviously, Gerard Bowen could sign with any Premier League club next summer if he wanted to. So just throw that out there. Yeah, uh, 20 mil still seems, even though we, we did break it, break that, we were past that, um, it still seems like just we're not going to be getting that kind of deals for anyone anytime soon. Yeah. I so, think so, too, especially if they're in the championship. Um, the last time we spent big on a player in the championship, and now it's relatively speaking, as Jacob Murphy, and it didn't turn out too well. Yeah, I think... Uh, so that's why I'm going very high on the BS meter for this one. I'm with you. And what's wild is Jacob if, if that cost the most is expensive. there. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm saying if that cost, if that's the real price, then yeah, it's not going to happen. That's the evaluation that's like yeah. rumored. That's not even what the team would charge. I mean, you're talking about. I'm sure he's English, but the whole English inflation. I mean, he's a player that scores well in the championship. He, he's going to have a, a very high asking price. Um, but I just, this is a random tidbit, but I'm pretty sure that summer we signed Jacob Murphy, he was our most expensive signing, which is just wild. Um, like so. of that summer, you mean? Of that summer, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, um, so moving on in the BS meter, um, there was an interesting little match that occurred, um, over the weekend, uh, of course, the Copa Libert, I can never say it, the Copa Libertadores, Libertadores final yeah. was this past Saturday, um. Of course, uh, it featured a couple teams, um, and one uh, is Flamengo, who won, and they won due to a brace by a, uh, a player they call in Brazil, Gabigol, or Gabriel Barbosa, uh, a Brazilian guy who got loaned back to the Brazilian League, 22 goals and 8 assists, since, eight assists um, in 26 games in the Brazilian League, and he is owned by Inter Milan, actually signed while Frank De Boer was there. And uh, Frank DeBoer had a comment on it, and they called him Gabby Nogol when he was there, uh, and that was that was a joke, and no one really laughed because that that story came out the day he had a brace. But Newcastle um, have been scouting him allegedly this whole since the start of the season. Uh, he's 23 years old, um, forward again, 22 goals, eight assists, owned by Inter Milan. Thoughts. Um, <laughs> part of me can believe this one. Um, I don't think Inter's going to keep him. Uh, if they're already loaning him out back home, I mean he's twenty three, so he's definitely in the age range that we're looking for. And we have the we have still a Spanish contingent at Newcastle, so maybe. Um. Especially if Joel Linton just keeps scraping up zeros, they might just do it just to get some more people. But they'd have to get rid of Gale, and I don't know. Uh, it's th- this is believable. Yeah, uh, it's believable, and I do want to mention that they signed they signed uh, Gabriel Barbosa back in 2016, where he was still a prospect. So I mean, I guess he was what 19. Or something like that. So, and he's been on loan all over Europe. Benfica, uh, he went to Santos and Flamengo. Um, not great in Europe so far. And Benfica and in uh, and Inter Milan, he's only had one goal. But of course, in the Brazilian league, he's absolutely tearing it up. Yeah. Uh, so it is an interesting one. I don't know who else is really interested. It seems like even though he had this performance where the whole world was watching, the only club out of the weekend I was linked to him is Newcastle, which is I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I'm with you. It's believable. Um, I don't think, like you said, there's no reason for Inter to really keep him unless he makes a noticeable improvement. I don't think this is a January signing, though. I, I think that I would, if I were Inter, I would give him another chance and potentially preseason in order to see, um, you know, if he's going to be able to cut it and during some of these like you know preseason tournaments where they're playing other European talent and at least be able to think. Think about whether or not to give him a shot. Wait a, a couple match days in order to start him. See if he's a viable option for the club as a bench player or something. But, I mean, I don't know. If, I, I don't see Newcastle making a move from in January. But next summer, it's possible. Yeah, Next summer is sure. kind of the, the what I think. But 
Yeah, but that's all I got. Do you have any other news? <clears throat> no, man. I'm good. Let's uh, let's talk about this match. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to take a break first, Avi. So let's do that um, right after this. All right. That I don't I don't even know what the ad was, but I'm pretty sure it was probably an ad about Chivas Regal and Manchester United. So. Yeah, that, I've, I've, you've heard that on part of my take. One, it's wild that Chivas – I need to try this now. It's like every podcast I listen to, which is yeah. pretty much this one and part of my take. And then I guess Conan O'Brien's podcast is good too. Um, they've mentioned Chivas Regal, and I, just, I need to have it now. So, <laughs> I don't know how we acquire – is it – I don't know if – is it – I haven't seen it at a liquor store. Have you seen it? Uh, No, not – I've seen – Chivas Regal at liquor stores, but I haven't seen this one. It's a limited edition, uh, so I, I don't know how like available it is. But I mean, I would imagine it's pretty available if they're damn near advertising on every podcast in the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's on like every SB Nation podcast, which is every like hundreds. every sports podcast. It's, yeah, it, it's they're advertising like, it's on absurd. pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway. Uh, yeah, Davis Regal. Shout out to them. Um, yeah, we gave you more ad time than you bargained for there. Yeah, so yeah. Pay up. <laughs> yeah, so the um, match, we lost. Yeah, so we lost. 2 nothing loss. Uh, not fun. Not 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 a fun viewer situation. Um, so we'll start with your three words because you guys did it again. You uh, pretty much tell any person who hasn't watched the match exactly what ha- happened in the match by using three words. So I'll read them. Uh, Toon Army Denver at Mile High Magpies says, Sort it, Bruce. Will Watson at Batman's Milkman. By the way, thanks for the tweets during the match. Yeah, we, that was good. I enjoyed we, them. Yeah, we. I, I love hearing what other people are thinking too because I know it's all the same, but I love hearing it. Um, at Batman's Milkman said, Back to reality. At Smick Ultra, whose display name I still won't pronounce. Same old tune, but congrats on the hat. McAltra. Yeah, it looks good and never wear it again because Newcastle <laughs> yeah. are 0-1 when you're wearing a hat. So. <laughs> but if you if you go by that logic with any of your Newcastle apparel, you just would never wear Newcastle apparel That's <laughs> after that's a while. True. <laughs> <laughs> There's no lucky anything that you've worn if you've been a fan in the last 10 years. Um, Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney 12 said, Brucey's still shite. Toon Army Madison at... Uh, because their name's long, I can't see their hand. Oh, at Toon Army Madison. Steven Roger Bruce, and at NUFC1892 at... Oh, wow, sorry. NUFC1892 at NUFC Fanatic1892. Shelby's our captain. Um, that's our three words. Uh, Shelby, that's a really good one. Not going to lie, that was... Yeah, that's... That was weird. I, I was going to... Spend some time on that. Uh, I'm sure we will. Uh, so let's get into the lineups. I'll just, I guess, I'll just quickly read the lineup, and then I'd love to hear your thoughts, Elijah. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. So we had Doobie, Yedlin, Jetro, Dummett, Fernandez, Clark, Hayden, Shelby, Almiron, Saint Gucci, Max, Joland. Yeah, um, here, here's my, my initial thoughts on the lineup. One is, um, obviously, I think we mentioned this on the last pod that we thought Dummett would start, um, so not a big shocker there. And be captain. <laughs> yeah, we thought he'd be captain because yeah. it makes more sense. But NUFC 360 pointed this out and kind of ignored it, um, but it was, to be fair, it was after the pod. But basically, Shelby has been captain every single time um, LaSalle's has been subbed off or anything like that or – Something like that. It's been handed to Shelby, essentially. Mm-hmm. I think there's been maybe one or two instances. I think only once where he's been subbed off, and it wasn't. And that's because Shelby wasn't on the pitch. And I think it might have gone to Dummett. Um, so Shelby being named captain was it was. And one there of those was a things. cup game where um, Dubrovka was captain. Yeah. So yeah. Dubrovka, Dummett, Shelby, and Lascelles have been the captain so far this year. Yeah. And so it was, or it not was a interesting, um, but I think, and let's talk about this now, the Shelby captain thing, because I think nothing else about the lineup was particularly surprising, um, even the personnel chosen. I just, I mean, I don't know. There's not much to say 
Um, I guess on the Aston Villa side, I was surprised Heaton was back in time, um, and that proved to be good for them because he made some some clutch saves. Um, but we were talking, we're talking about Shelby being captain. Like your captain, it, it goes beyond just wearing the armband. And I'm sure Shelby's a good locker room guy, and he probably has good work ethic and training, and and is a well respected player just due to his tenure. I mean, this is a guy who like Lascelles has been there and like dumb it uh, since the championship season alongside Yedlin. And even when he was there um, pre-relegation, going through the championship season, stepped up as a leader on the team. So in terms of just pure leadership and in the locker room, I think he was the guy. But when you talk about his play on the pitch, you want your team to embody what your captain does. And I think there's two things that we were missing when LaSalle's is not the captain. One is his organizational skills, which we can also touch on later. Um, just the back line was completely disorganized for about 60% of the match. Um, and I think that's an underrated trait from LaSalle's is that he's able to organize the back line and he's he's fine staying back. Um, but the other thing is that LaSalle's plays with a lot of heart. He, he gets back. He plays like how you want the team to play. He tracks back. He, he gives it his all. And, yes, he makes mistakes every now and then. And, yes, he technically may not be the best center back at this club, but he gives 100% the entire match, and you can't fault him for that. And Yeah, the Shelby, captain isn't your best player. Yeah. And, and Shelby is a guy who notoriously does not do that. And he is your captain, um, and he's supposed to provide instruction during the match and it didn't seem like he did any of that and he just was lazy um throughout the entire match and this is the you get the two shelvies you get the one that we saw the last two matches that's all over the pitch and tracking back and playing these balls and being a big part of you know transitioning from defense into offense and then you get the shelvy that unfortunately we've seen a lot more of under the Rafa Steve Bruce tenure of just absolutely lazy looking out of place in the midfield and just that spread throughout the team today. It was the whole team played like Shelby. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Um, you pretty much hit that one right on the head, I think. The whole team played like him. Uh, that, and that's the way it looked. It was just scrambled. It was it was a mess. Um, let, let's get into the match. Yeah. Uh, so we, we came out in the 3-4-2-1. Uh, it became just a 5-4-1. And the first thing that I was just mad about is just we we just let Aston Villa dominate possession. Um, I think that we're better than Aston Villa player to player. Hot take. So it's just very disheartening to see that. <clears throat> um, the first thing I want to touch talk about is our first real, well, maybe our best opportunity on the counter. Our first best opportunity i don't know what to call it um and that's the amaran touch um it was our first dangerous looking encounter that's probably the word i'm looking for so it was it was, uh, it, it was a corner for aston villa and was clear to gucci max and he ran 60 yards down the field cut inside and then got the ball to amaran the edge of the area and he was tackled after a pretty heavy touch uh, mm-hmm. i wanted to hear your thoughts on on that sequence I mean, it it kind of set the tone for how this match was going to go. Um, you know, the ball was a bit behind him, but that's it's no excuse. Uh, he it kind of set the tone. I mean, just the whole attack was woeful today. But there, it's I think it's frustrating. I, I don't know. It, it's it's I don't know. It's the whole. Would you rather have? It's lesser two evils. Do you want? a team where I think we were under Rafa and it was one of those things where this team cannot create chances and that was annoying and we were frustrated with that. But now it's a different sort of frustration where we create a lot of chances during matches, but we can't convert them. And so, I don't know, this was kind of that embodiment where there's one-on-one chances being created and, or, you know, potentials for one-on-one chances being created and, it just kind of dies out due to a lack of finishing or, or a bad touch, and it's coming from all three. I think you could fault M- Miggy for having the most bad touches, Joel Linton with just weak shots, and, and Alan St. Maxman sometimes for over-dribbling or, or waiting too long to play the final pass or shooting. And it's just, I think that's more frustrating is creating the chances and then not being able to convert the chances. 
because for yep. so long we've asked for chances to be created and here we are the chances are created and nothing happens so i, I don't know it's it's frustrating and that kind of yeah. set set the tone yep and um and the rest of so our our most dangerous attacks were on the counter which is no surprise to anyone and aston villa absolutely targeted the right side of the pitch um Matt, Matt Target was just like Matt Target, absolute, former Newcastle Target, <laughs> was just absolutely assaulting that whole side. So that's Aston Villa's. That's and that's also not a surprise either. That's what most teams do against us. But then Yedlin happened. Uh, Thirty minutes in, a pretty good ball was put in. It was right behind our disjumbled back line, and Grealish was about to run through on the goal, and Yedlin pushed him blatant just outside the box. Um, it was free kick was given. And then the goal was immediately after. And it was Hurricane Connor Hurricane took a touch. Grealish controlled it for him. And then um, Hurricane just curled it over the wall into the near corner. And it, that you know, <laughs> I guess Yedlin may have been thinking that, doing that is going like it was a goal if he didn't do that maybe that's what his thought process was but i don't know man i'd rather you just not do that yeah i mean it's 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 a silly foul and yeah you can make the argument that um you know he's preventing a goal uh but uh, equally newcastle's defense on the free kick was awful i mean they didn't like once the ball's played and you see that it's being laid off. You have to step up. I mean, and yeah. they just they just only didn't. one player did, and it was way too late. I yeah, can't remember who it was. It doesn't matter because the goal happened. So uh, there's there's a lot of fault, but I mean, it's it's a it's a narrative that I thought we'd kind of gotten rid of last season after Mo Diame, and then um, I mean we've seen we'll talk about Fernandez in a second, but Modiame and Federico Fernandez were the kings of committing costly fouls last year. Um, and Yedlin as well. And it's just, you, I felt like we moved on from that and we clearly haven't. And it, it led to a goal. There's not really much else to say. It was a good set piece uh, by Aston Villa. Um, and uh, shout out to them. They scored. Yeah. And then five minutes later, uh, we conceded another foul in another dangerous area right outside of the box. And it this time it was, it's further wide than the original position, but still right outside the box. Um, and it was Grealish again. It was another run by Grealish, and he was just taking on our back line, really challenging him off the ball. Just proves how dangerous he is. Um, and Fernandez jumped out from the back, and yeah, there's yeah, I mean, the foul. Um, and it was <laughs> El Ghazi. It's course and just newcastle been punished on two reckless fouls now the Edlin foul was way more reckless but um the fernandez foul was arguably less necessary yeah because it, it i mean he had cover i think with Yedlin in his case not defending him it seemed like it was going to be a clear-cut one-on-one chance if that if that ball gets in but with fernandez there's just like n- no excuse i mean he got beat, but you're you're in a back five, and there's two other center backs in the box. So, like, even if Grealish makes a move in the box, there's cover. Um, I don't know. It's just both of them were just stupid fouls. And, and then the way Newcastle gave this goal was dumb, too. It just was like, I don't know why people were frozen on the line. It's like once the ball's played, it's you can tell. You see literally three Aston Villa players run past the entire line of Newcastle. And it's like if El, if I think it was El Ghazi. I don't know who scored. Whoever scored, if they didn't score, it was El Ghazi. Yeah, it was El Ghazi. Like if, if they didn't score, there was like three other guys who could have gotten a body part on it, not Newcastle players. So it's, I'm I'm I don't know. It's the more and more I talk about it, the more and more pissed I get. So I will just move on. Yeah, um, and and the top the thing for me that really summed up the first half is another counterattack. Um, that we had, it was, it was Almiron. He was like, he got the ball and he started running at their defense. And then Gucci Max overlapped on the right-hand side of him. 
Mm-hmm. And then Almiron passes to him, and it goes off of Sankuji Max's heel and goes out for a goal kick. And I'm just like, what? Like, what is yeah. going on? And oh. I, I also saw on Twitter a lot of people going after Jolinton. I mean, I don't know what you want him to do. Yeah, there, there was there was some moments. I think it was it was worse in I the mean, first half, and then there were some justified moments in the second half. Like he skied a shot. He yeah, I mean, the first, but then there was one. A lot he, of strikers get multiple opportunities. Yeah, and, and that's like, the we thing. can't expect that, him to exactly. hit everyone. <laughs> he hit the nail on the head. Is like, it's like, yeah, he's got you know four shots total. Look at a guy like Aguero. Who, yeah, he's a, he's a leading scoring league all the time because he gets six, seven, eight opportunities a match to to, yep. to bag a goal, and he does. Um, so it's a bit frustrating. And there was there was some there were some positives. I mean, even Burnley's gets yeah. their strikers opportunities. We can't, yeah. we can't. But yeah, and it, and it's the way we're set up, and it's the way we counterattack. Uh, like Jolens is not as fast as Almiron and Sankuji Max. So when a counterattack starts, it's very common for Jolinton to be left behind in that. Yeah, um, he also had that chance where he dribbled the ball up the pitch. That was the one where I'm like, I don't know how you could be mad at him for this. He dribbled the ball up the pitch by himself. I don't know where St. Louis Max and Amron were. And he took the – it was a brilliant run. And I'm. it looked like he was going to run out of real estate. He cut back in, split the two defenders. One was kind of holding him back, and he got a shot off. It was very weak, but it was like – I mean – that was Newcastle's best chance of the first half outside of the Miggy thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, oh, no, go ahead. I mean, that was it. I just, that was me just in disgust. Yeah. It was a bad bad first half. Second half had a chance to get – so, I, I, you know, I kind of think when you're down two goals, if you score early in the second, it's game on. And we had that chance. Uh, St. Cucci Max – Shelby that actually spread into the field out a little bit, got it to Jolinton. And then Jolinton picked out. So Jolinton was all, all the way on the right side, and he found, he saw Gucci Max running on the left, got it to him, and he cut into the right and curled it from about 20 yards out. And it was a really good, good save. It was a really good save. And it was a really good shot. And like a goal right there would have immediately changed the game. Um, yeah. Then immediately after that, maybe like five minutes or so, it should be should have been three nothing. It was a corner that Grealish found. Kansa, is that his name? Kansa is that how you say it? Yeah, Konsa. But yeah, he was completely wide open, and um, Dubrovka made an incredible save on that one. So it was just kind of that. I mean, we had some chances. Um, they almost had an own goal. <laughs> I um, almost had his first assist. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yedlin even had a had a great a couple great crosses, but at the end of the day, it we, like it it was absolutely not even close to good enough. Um, the fans were absolutely roasting us the entire time. They were calling out Brucey, like, which is telling. Um, what I mean. They they have a reason to. Well, yeah, he was awful there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> and then Alan Shearer tweeted, "Goal threat equals zero. A poor night, NUFC." <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, it, it's bad. It, it was bad. It's it's annoying, and it was annoying. I think it, what annoyed me was that I didn't think Aston Villa looked particularly good. I mean, outside of Grealish, I thought they lacked creativity. Um, and like literally Grealish was responsible for almost all of their goals and all their chances. Um, and I don't know, they just didn't look great. I mean, yeah, they dominated possession, but that doesn't mean anything if, you know, you don't score from open play and they didn't, and they almost did, but almost scoring isn't good enough, which is exactly the same predicament Newcastle learned. So that, that game, in my opinion, should have been a draw, and it would have been a draw if it wasn't for two mistakes. And that doesn't mean I think Newcastle played well. I just think that both teams were pretty gross. And, uh, yeah, and there's a lot of questions to be asked as well about Steve Bruce. I mean, tactically, um, the way we played was awful, but I think what's even more worrisome is just, like, some of the, the basic ideas – where I, there was actually some Atlanta United, shout out to Joe Patrick who tweeted about this, um, who is over at Dirty South Soccer, 
just having Dubravka roll out the ball to just then have your center backs play a long ball literally makes no sense. I mean, at some point, yeah, it, it makes more sense to just play the long ball directly from Dubrovka and push your center backs up the field in order for you to have more of a chance to actually retain possession and, and, and get the ball. It, it's just things like that are annoying. And then the, the subs, again, the subs. Your midfield is getting absolutely worked this match. Like, Shelby and Hayden didn't look great at all. Like, yeah. the, everything from Aston Villa was coming directly through the midfield. Like, it was absurd. And no subs made in the midfield. Um, I mean, you bring on Andy Carroll, you bring on you bring on Christian Atsu, you bring on and Dwight Gale, and it's like uh, I get it, you're you're going for it, but just like there were easier fixes that could have put Newcastle back in the match if they had been if the subs happened earlier on, or if you make an adjustment, and we didn't make any adjustments, and that, that's annoying as well. Yeah, um, overall it was a D plus. I mean, we got to be taking it to Aston Villa every time we play them. So, Especially when, that, like, our record against them is absurd. They've got, it's like four wins for them and, like, 18 wins for us or something stupid. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a team <laughs> that we should be beating every time and we didn't. I'm 100% with you here. All right. Well, let's move on then. Let's let's do it. Um, okay. Let's, I will go to quotes. So, old Brucey. He said, we tried hard, but we weren't good enough. <laughs> Thanks, yes. Steve. Um, first half in particular, we were too po- passive and didn't do enough with and without the ball. The big turning point is a couple of free kicks. The first one, I've seen Hurahan do that many times, and it's difficult to defend against. Just before, well, you know what would be interesting, Brucey? If you've seen him do that, why don't we practice against that in training? Oh, and yeah, that, te- that and is... maybe coach your squad what to do in that situation. If you've seen him do it, then coach it. Coach against it. Yeah, that's that's absurd. Don't don't say I've seen them do this and then oh god, <laughs> that's so bad. Yeah. Oh. All right. Let's let's keep it rolling. All right. Um. Okay, he said just before halftime, Fetties Fetties had a header and. The keepers made a great save. Second half is all about can we score. We've had one big chance, and then we didn't take. That was his quotes. Thanks, Steve. (laughs) Thanks, bud. Um, Some stats for you. All the stats. That was our 14th straight Monday night game in the Premier League to have played away from St. James. Park and we've managed a wonderful four points from a possible forty-two in that sequence. Come on, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> You're, that that is a safe assumption there, Elijah. Mm. Um, going to five thirty-eight, where they project how the rest of the season's going to go. Um, usually, they've they've been keeping us away from relegation for the most part. We've been hovering around that 15th place, comfortable, but still a little too close for comfort. Well, I have some news for you. We're not in 15th anymore. No. We're in 16th. Oh, <laughs> wild. Um, so our projected points went from 41 to 40 now. Uh, they still think that's going to be safe. They have Southampton finishing in 18th with 38 points. So two points from relegation is they think that's where we'll finish. Watford and then Norwich below them. They have Villa now finishing in 15th ahead of us. And West Ham below us. 17th. So yeah, not not good. Um, that's not what you want to see. Um, do you have any stats? Um, no, not really. I mean, Newcastle is not good. No, not good. We're still going ahead to, of Villa in the table. Yeah, that's what we, I was going to talk about. In the table, we're, we're in 14th over the weekend um, with 15 points. Villa closed the gap. At, they have 14 points in 15th. Everton is behind us, 14 points. West Ham's behind us, 13th. Norwich with 10. Southampton with 9. And Watford with 8. Ahead of us, we're level on with Crystal Palace on 15 points. We're 
two behind them in goal difference. Um, and Brighton, but we're five behind them on goal difference. One point above us is Burnmouth. Two points above us is Spurs and Man United. Three points above us is Arsenal, Burnley, and Sheffield United. So we're cool. three points from sixth still. Um, okay, you want to get to best, worst players, worst, best? Yeah, I mean, we can go best because I think we both would have the same best player. I think it's Martin Dubrovka. Uh, literally prevented this game from being 5-0, so uh, shout out <laughs> to him. I mean, uh, he he... <clears throat> I don't think either one of those goals were particularly his fault. Looking back on them, um, the first one, they, he, it was the set piece routine, as Steve Bruce brilliantly pointed out, is almost unstoppable. I mean, it's completely thwarted if your line knows that it's coming and they step up and prevent you know th- the angle from being there. But if the if if the angle's there, it's it's. It's you can place the ball in a in a spot where the keeper just physically cannot reach, and that's what happened in that case. In the second goal, it's not really on Dubrovka. It, it deflects off of El Ghazi's thigh and goes in. And Newcastle's backline have to be there. Well, not really backline, but everyone in the set piece has to be there in order to clear that. So uh, that's why it's going to be Dubrovka for me. Not for me. It's Andy Carroll. Oh, um. <laughs> interesting. No, yeah, I can go with Doobie. Um you know, I didn't mind how a few players did. Like, I, I liked how there just weren't enough opportunities for a player to actually show out. Like, I liked how jo- John Joe, when he gets the ball and pivots, the whole field just becomes smaller to him and, and it spreads all everything out. And, like, and he has that ability to place a pass. And I think, like, using him has that pivot in like a counterattack is could be like really good, but there, we just, he just doesn't get enough of that opportunity. Um, there are some pretty poor players today, so let's get into that. Yeah, I think the first one has to be Miguel. Uh, it's just a couple yeah. really bad touches, um, a couple chances where he should have scored, a couple misplaced balls. Um, I mean, just offensively, just wasn't there. Um, I think that's going to be my worst player. Um, I don't know if it's time to drop him from the team because I just I don't know what Christian Atsu offers you that Miguel doesn't. I mean, neither one of them seem to be able to score, uh, so I, I don't I don't really know. I mean, they're both fast and they both lose the ball a lot. So I, I like I, it's I get sure move him to the bench if you want to try something new. But I mean, I don't don't expect Christian Atsu to be the second coming of Christ. So yeah, Miggy my worst player. I mean, and I'll have a few, so you can, you can go. Who's, who's one of your um, worst players? Yeah. Just a little stat. Cause I harked on this when Perez played here, but only four players had more touches than Martin Dubrovka. Oh. Uh, those four players were John Joe Shelby, Jetro Willems, Fiddy, Fetty Fernandez, and Gucci Mack. It's very telling on how Newcastle played. Instead of like surging <laughs> forward, it was a lot of get to a point and then immediately pass back. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, but yeah, go. That that's interesting. Um, so where does that leave you, worst player wise? Um, yeah, just not not enough on Almiron. I I completely agree with you there. Um, I'm going DeAndre Yedlin. Yeah, that's, a, that's <laughs> another one. Um, it's really telling to me because this has been happening and. Uh, it's it has become a trend long before me having this conversation. But teams attack him; they just go yeah. at him, and, and that's the strategy that almost every team takes. And that's what happened, and it worked. He made a mistake, and they were able to score off of it. Um, and he didn't he didn't provide much else. Yeah, you know, it it just seemed like he was a li- liability there, and that just wasn't good enough. Uh, on my end. Yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in the fact that there were some moments in the second half where he was involved. Um, but you're right, for the most part, I mean, just a massive liability. I honestly need to call out the, the back three for their first half. It was the most unorganized I've seen a, a trio of center backs in Newcastle. And, and that's on Kieran Clark, who I guess was supposed to organize the defense. It looked like he had taken that role early on, and they just weren't organized. Uh, there were guys all over the place. There was a moment where um, Fetty Fernandez was 
playing as a right back. I don't I don't know where this came from. I don't know why there wasn't a transition between him and Yedlin, but he was playing as a right back, and there were plenty of moments where there was just acres of space because there's like three center back, two center backs occupying the same area. So this the, the, this organization of the back line just has to be addressed, and we talked about it earlier. But that is something Lascelles does well, and uh, that's something that maybe I don't know, maybe if. if I don't know if Fabian Scherer is someone who takes on that responsibility when he returns into the team, but it, it yeah. just cannot be looking like that, especially against Man City, especially in a match where you you want to limit the amount of goals being scored against you. Um, and I guess another player that deserves a shout out for being, I wouldn't say terrible, but absent is Isaac Hayden. I just he normally is very involved tackling, very involved moving the ball around in the midfield, and I just didn't see enough of him today. And uh, it, it's not, it's not. It's not great. He has to be better. Um, and just an interesting stat that uh, I, I was a little shocked by um, because uh, Fought Mob actually had Alan St. Maxman as one of the lowest rated players in, in this side. But turns out he gave the ball away a ton. Uh, lost a lot of aerial duels. Uh, lost a lot of duels in general. Gave the ball away six times. Just not not a great match from him by his standards. Um, he had some good moments, but... Uh, tend to over dribble a little bit and made some some interesting decisions with the ball as well. So, I don't know. I think Jetro Willems was decent. I think that's someone who deserves a decent. But, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so there we go. Newcastle <laughs> lost 2-0. That's Not really the, much else to say good old that. good old Newcastle there. Yeah. Um cool. Well, let's uh let's take a break. This will be a shorter pod, obviously. But uh we'll get into your questions right after this. Hello, Elijah. Hello. How are you today? Unreal. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that great today. Oh, congrats to Perez! He scored. Oh yeah. yeah. What a player. Legend <laughs> um, already at uh, Leicester. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we have three questions. Start first with Toon Army Denver at Mohai Magpies. He said. Which sporting event are both most looking forward to this holiday weekend? Niners versus Ravens for him. Um, that's a good one. Uh, I could go with the funeral that's occurring uh, Thursday night, uh, Thanksgiving. And I'm sure the, the Brits know that it's Thanksgiving in America this yeah, Thursday. Yeah. Um, but the funeral occurring this, 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 uh, this, uh, this Thursday is at 8 p.m. Um, the Falcons will be wearing all will be wearing their black jerseys to be put to rest by the Saints and officially end this season. Um, so that's something that I don't know if I'm looking forward to. I'd say I am looking forward to the Iron Bowl this weekend. I think it's going to be a competitive one because I I don't think Alabama's like the Alabama's very vulnerable and Auburn's also very vulnerable. But Auburn's got a good defense, and they do things like what they did against Georgia, where they have like randomly just decide to start playing well at random moments in the match. I just think it's going to be a little bit entertaining. So I think that's actually going to be the, the the match I'm looking forward to. So there you go. Yeah, for me, um, not a lot going on. Georgia, I Georgia Tech. Yeah, I just hope Georgia covers against Georgia Tech. Yeah, right now it's at twenty nine. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> Georgia Tech. I, hey, they they've been at no cap. They I watched their uh, last match last week. Didn't look too bad. Yeah, but literally the week before that, they lost forty five to nothing. Well, yeah, literally, so not, actually, not even right not now. even seven days before that, they lost forty five to nothing. Uh, if they're, but they're on a hot streak now. Greg. That's the part. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll be I'll be looking into that. Also tomorrow. I mean, Georgia basketball got crushed today, but tomorrow they play number three, Michigan State. And I'm just excited to see what a team full of, like, young kids play against, like, one of the best in the country. I'm sure number it won't three, go Michigan well. Michigan State, who just lost to Virginia Tech. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm just curious to see how they we'll, – we'll, we'll lose by 20. Yeah, they, but, you guys might get clapped. Yeah. No, no, they will. But I'm just interested to see how, like – we respond to it because Tom Green can throw out some gems, but uh, we're just not good. And like, we'll get destroyed by any team that has a center, which is almost every team. Yeah. Not, um, <laughs> yeah, we might beat Q's. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So, next question is, oh, well, it's not really a question. Thanks to my dear friend, Ultra. He says, no question, but I want you all to enjoy your Thanksgiving and don't think about Newcastle. <laughs> Trust me, way ahead of you. I've already yeah, started we'll, drinking. We'll, we'll be there. We'll be there. We're, uh, uh, tonight, we're drinking uh, that old bullet bourbon. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, oh, wh- what I didn't tell you, we can oh. do a Bourbon Chronicles. Okay. Um, I I have I was gifted thanks to mm. a wonderful dear friend who got me um, Old Forester Rye 100 proof. Oh, very very delicious. Not a not a cheap gift. So I really I'm very happy for the gift and your boy was doing shots of it. So oh, uh, oh shots. That's I mean people say like oh you know don't mix that or oh whiskey's know don't shoot that fine whiskey it's like look whiskey's meant to be enjoyed i'll do whatever i want with this bottle preach on it and i wanted to shoot it and i did a lot of that good um when was this that you had all these shots oh that was sad that was my first friendsgiving last saturday today is number two and then next saturday is the one i host okay greg just quick aside don't you? I feel like this this year. Maybe it's my stage in life. I've had more friendsgivings. That oh, I've it's seen. definitely a stage in life, guaranteed. Because okay. it's it's honestly it's annoying. Uh, not gonna lie, I yeah, love my there's... friends, but I I I just it's a lot of work. Okay. Yep. Uh, it's a very young professional adult thing. I had sake for the first time this past weekend in Charlotte, so that was cool. So shout out to. Shout out to sake. It's it's delicious. Is it sake or is it sake? I don't know. Okay. I didn't um, know that it tasted good. Yeah. I'm telling you, try the, try the hot sake. Okay, fine. Do it. Um, Trevor Mooney, the official questionnaire of CHN Radio, at Trevor Mooney 12. What are you thankful for from Newcastle this year? And what do you hope to be thankful for this time next year? Oh, that's easy. I'm thankful that we're not in the relegation zone. Okay. Because my expectations were very low under Steve Bruce. Um, so Yeah. So there you go. Next year, <laughs> I'm hopeful to be thankful for at least one Miguel Amron goal. <laughs> um, I'm going to – so I my thankful for this year is what um, – it's very similar to yours. I'm thankful that we are closer to European place than we are relegation. Mm, I, right now, I is that is by that one tr- point. Yeah, no, we're okay, four you're points. Talking about po- I thought you meant like place in the table. I was like, that's oh, close. not true. Yeah, by points. Yeah, we're okay. four points from a European spot and three and five points from a relegation spot. So looking good, and and uh, you know we'll probably beat Man City next week. So. All will be be fine. Um, But for next year, what I hope to be thankful for is that a very uh, fantastically wealthy person has bought Newcastle United. I'd be thankful. I'd like to be thankful for them. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I saw that Jeff Bezos actually donated $98 million to the homeless. To his own charity. He has another... Yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah, but I, he he has another ninety eight, and then a couple more ninety eights so on top of that, like a lot more ninety eights. So like, just buy Newcastle, Jeff. I've been calling for it for a long time, and also, no matter people are just going to get mad at you, Jeff, just for spending your money in general. Like you earn this money, do something that people will love you for, and that's buying Newcastle United. Yes. Also. A couple other quick notes. Um, the richest man in the world, not the rich, the richest man in England was interested in buying the club. Uh, so that was, but that oh, was. Yeah, he confirmed that. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, he said that, so I, I guess yeah. I don't know. But the other, I mean, I'm interested in buying Newcastle. Yeah. So. Um, I think uh, the thing that's interesting because we've talked about this on the pod, the OGs will know this is. Uh, Arthur Blank actually made an investment in a Scottish football club, Aberdeen, um, which was announced as a partnership between Atlanta United and Aberdeen, but it was revealed that uh, his group, 
Arthur Fink, Arthur Blank Family Businesses. I think that's how you say it. Um, they actually bought a stake in the Scottish Club. So Arthur Blank, shout out to him for acquiring another football team. Yeah, and that's what I that's what I kind of told you. I was like, when the rumors of he might be interested in buying Newcastle, I was like, I would be. Sh- I don't think he has like as much capital as people think to like take on that load. I think if he does anything, it would be like an investment in, but not actually yeah. taking over a club. He that's just a, has too much going on. That's an interesting part. You'd be tying up your money in too much. Yeah, it's it's so expensive to run him. It's one of those where he'd have to go on in it, even if you're like super wealthy, like Saad Khan. Uh, it, it's still just so expensive to run a club. Um, yeah. Anyway. And uh, he'd have three. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's, I think that whole partnership is going to be interesting because I just don't know what that looks like because this is – Well, like, it's it's low risk. I mean, there's not a lot of money in, in the Scottish Premier League. No, I mean like the partnership between the two clubs because they oh. they had this whole – both presidents made had press conferences about it and said there's going to be an active working partnership between Aberdeen and – Newcastle and not Newcastle, Aberdeen and Atlanta United. Which yeah. is, I don't know what that looks like because so it's not a, like Scottish Premier League players are in demand for the, the MLS and vice versa. I mean, my first inclination is maybe it's more attractive for a young English youth prospect to play in Scotland rather than try to come to the U.S. But I don't know. No, a lot a lot of clubs in MLS have this. But I, I, I usually think it's with clubs that are better, though. Like, that are just clearly just, like, miles ahead. Like, I've seen, like... I've, no, not not all. Okay. Because the ones that I hear about are, like, we've partnered with, like, a Premier League club. Yeah, I think there's an MLS club that's partnered with, like, an Israeli Premier League club, too. Like, oh, there's... Well. It's not... it It's not all, like... It's not all FC Dallas and Bayern Munich. Yeah. Um, or NYC and Man City. Yeah, so, yeah, it's yeah. not all like that, and it, it will be beneficial, I'm sure. Um, yeah, in some way. I think I think you are right. It's going to be more youth focused, and there's some like there's some really good youth talent in Scotland, just like oh, there yeah. is in Atlanta. So it's true. Um, it could be all beneficial. Cool. Well, do you have anything else? No, I'm, I'm excited and uh, happy Friendsgiving and happy Thanksgiving to all of our. Wonderful listeners, we love you guys. Um, yeah. You guys are the reason this podcast exists. Um, shout out to the False Nines um, for joining the fam. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's, uh, that's all I got. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, and if you're in England, I'm sorry it's not your Thanksgiving. I don't think you have one, but uh, let me know if you do. <laughs> Because yeah. we'll celebrate it with you. I mean, they uh, can but, celebrate uh, it too because they're the guys who came over and like killed and the Native themselves. Americans for us. So yeah, <laughs> shout out to them. All right, well that concludes episode ninety-eight of CHN Radio. I'm your host Greg Troxel. This is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom, and this is the beautiful song of coming home Newcastle. Listen to the whole thing because that song is a banger. Have a great holiday, Americans, and away the lot. To be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're body and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity and we're not so very tough. Cause the people in the big fat city haven't had it tough as rough. I'm coming home, Newcastle. You can keep your London wine. I walk the streets all day. I'll meet for a bottle of the river tine. I'm coming home. Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, Hey, how we I'm coming home. Then I miss the old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door. He 
plays a mean accordion You've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes There's so many famous names Like Linda Swan in Gaza Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the darkness in James's Park In the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle Wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the darkness in James's pocket The Gallagher's end in the rain